welcome to Bookworms. My name is Bex and I love books. Hopefully you do as well because I've got a lot of them in today's show. We'll be talking to Katie Piper about her brand new picture book, All You Need. We'll be talking to mother and daughter writing duo, Cynthia and Elise Deluola. We'll also be checking in with Ross Montgomery as well. Plus, of course, I'll be recommending my favourite books out at the moment. So first up, let's go over to Katie Piper telling us all about All You Need. Hey, Katie, how are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, no worries. Now, I'm delighted to have you because your new book is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I, I've, I've really loved it. Um, it's called All You Need. Can you tell us a little bit about Teeny Mouse? Yes. So um, All You Need is my first ever children's book. Um, and, you know, I've been writing adult books in the sort of nonfiction space for a long time. And I've really enjoyed that. And it's helped me connect with so many different people with in- incredible stories of their own you know triumphing in the face of adversity and I feel that since my own life has developed I've become a mom I've got two young daughters it was kind of a natural space for me to go into because reading was a really big part of my childhood and it's what bonded me and my mum and helped me develop a love for for English reading and writing and, and that escapism of a good book so I kind of continued that with my own children particularly my eldest who is nine and I thought you know what wouldn't it be lovely to write something that she can relate to and understand because a lot of my subject matters of my um, adult books are too grown up for her at the moment so I suppose really this book was kind of inspired by her. That's so lovely that's so and has she has have your kids got to read it? They've actually been very harsh critics of the book. No. Um, they were involved at first draft stage and they rejected the first draft wow. they kind of became uh consultants on the book um which was really great because you know the eldest is nine and the youngest is five and the target market originally was sort of age three to five and i worked with this really amazing talented illustrator who brought teeny mouse to life in these beautiful vibrant colors and wonderful pictures and the sentiment of the story is you know as the title suggests all you need teeny goes on these adventures and she finds that all that she needs to be a well-rounded happy confident person is already within her so on these adventures she discovers um, the importance of kindness of courage of confidence and that really she already possesses those qualities and she has to just pull them out of herself so I hope that the sentiment will really kind of ring true to lots of children um, and really help them with with their mental health as well. Yeah, because it's a good thing if you're if you're reading it, it's a reminder that you might be going on new adventures as well. Um, and, you know, they can be fun and exciting and might be a bit scary. But, you know, like you say, with the qualities you have inside you, you can you can make it. Yeah, absolutely. And it was it was really important for me with the lead character being a mouse, because for me, that's all about you can't judge a book by its cover. You know, Teeny may be small, but she's really mighty and capable of big things. And I think in today's society, we can sometimes fall into traps of putting people on pedestals and saying they're inspirational or they're particularly stronger than others. And I don't really subscribe to that. I think actually this level of resilience is in all of us and we need other people to believe in us. And then we believe in ourselves too. 
And then we start to portray those qualities. I mean, when the book launched, I went around all different schools up and down the UK, reading it to all different age groups, right up to age sort of 12. And we did some brilliant Q&As with some of the older children talking about times when they'd had to dig deep and find those qualities, maybe times they hadn't believed they had those qualities. And it really generated a great conversation. So I hope that it isn't just the book that people benefit from. I hope the book then opens up other conversations because if you're a parent, you'll know, like for me at dinner time, I'll say to my kids, how was your day? How was school? And they'll literally just be like, fine, good. And that's about it. <laughs> so it does sometimes take a book to actually open up another another debate and chat. Yeah, I just think it's such a lovely book to, to to gently, you know, persuade people that like, yeah, you can do stuff if you just believe in yourself and, you know, you have a bit of courage. You know, the, the world is your oyster. And and also we should really give a shout out to those illustrations because they are beautiful, aren't they? Oh, she was such an amazing person to work with. So talented. And I think, you know, we've seen in lockdown, kids have suffered with, you know, being engaged and they, their mental health has suffered. But also there's been research to show that literacy um, in age six is at an all time low. So and I think all that disruption they had to their education, classrooms, you know, some were on Zoom, some had nothing at all. So I felt like the illustrations were a way to bring children back to reading and learning where it doesn't feel like a chore or laborious. It actually feels like something inviting and fun. And then they can get to grips with the text and the story and the sort of lesson that's weaved throughout each page. It is it is beautiful and and I think they really it helps to bring the story along like you you've got your lovely words and you've got the lovely pictures together it's it's such a great book and at the beginning of it it does have uh, things that I guess kids have told you brings them joy is that right you've got little you've got drawings and you've got kids and one of my favorite ones I wrote it down was um all the socks one of the kids said all the socks <laughs> <laughs> love a love a pair of socks they've got to match don't want an odd sock I think that's very important I loved it it what was what a thing that brings you joy I thought um do you know what I think it's sometimes for me I'm, I'm really busy all the time and you know busy with fun stuff at work but also busy with the boring stuff where the socks pairing the socks and the tidying up the house and getting the kids sorted so sometimes what brings me joy is just stillness and silence and I've probably been guilty of not being very good at taking time out you know I tried to learn meditation when that became a big thing and you know if I try and meditate I just think about got to buy this, need to go on Amazon, need to do that. You know, I can't be still. So sometimes, you know, just like today, I'm working from home, the kids are at school, just 10 minutes of like no music, no telly, no laptop. And just looking out the window can sometimes really help me to check in with myself and centre myself. And will we be seeing uh, Teeny Mouse do that in the future? Are we seeing her again in the book? I would love that. I would love her to go on more adventures and to do more with her and more beautiful illustrations. Um, she's been really well received. Um, you know, the book only went on sale uh, a few weeks ago. And I was so proud and overjoyed to see how many children dressed up as Teeny for World Book Day. Amazing. Yeah, loads of mums tagged me and their kids with little mouse noses and tails and homemade outfits. So that was really great. So, yeah, it, it's been really popular and it's it's really lovely to see that it's helping children look within and find that, you know, all they need really is already there. Amazing. Well, Katie, thank you so much for telling us all about it. Um, we should say all you need is out right now so everybody can go and grab a copy from bookshops and from uh, online places and libraries as well. And uh, thank you so much for telling us all about it. Oh, thank you. And I'm so pleased that you loved the bit too. I really did. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been lovely to chat to you. 
Now, there's a brand new TV show on Sky, which is based on a brand new book. This book is by Cynthia and Elise Deluola. They are mother and daughter, and I got to find out all about it. I am joined right now by Cynthia Annalise Delawola. Hey guys, how are you doing? We're good, thanks. How are you? Really good, thanks. Now, I am intrigued by how enterprising you and your family are. This is incredible stuff. So, um, World Book Day, basically, has ended up with becoming a Sky TV show. This is mad. Um, tell me how your journey started. How did it happen? Okay, so it was at least needed to find a book. She couldn't find herself in any of the books that she looked at. We looked at cartoons that she couldn't find herself in any cartoons too. So we thought we wanted to be a solution to the problem. And basically we decided to create a book based on our family. So this is at least this was you going to school and you couldn't find something to dress up as for World Book Day. Well, I couldn't see myself in any of the books or any of the TV programmes I watched. So I just decided to make my own book. Now, this is the spirit I like to hear. This is excellent. And uh, how was it making a book as a family? Well, I generally enjoy making a book as a family because we get to spend quality time together thinking of things that we all like. And mum, how about you? Yeah, no, it was great making the book. Um, You know, we wanted to put key parts into the book about our family, about our heritage, about the things that we enjoy, the things that we loved. So we thought it would be a great time, um, great thing to do. I've got to say, uh, it must be music to your ears to hear your daughter being so happy to spend time with you. And am I right in thinking you've got two brothers as well who were involved? Yes, I do have two brothers. They were um, the ones helping me and the ones mostly featured in my story when I decided to write a book for a book day. Amazing. And this story became a little short animation, is that right? Yeah. <gasps> so basically what it was, it was um, an animation based on one of the books called Emma's Dance Class. So during lockdown, we thought, you know, we wanted to, you know, do more things than write books. And again, we wanted to make be the solution to a problem. So we thought, you know, let's do a, let's do a cartoon, let's do an animation. And doing that was really good. It was much fun. The children themselves, like Emma and her brothers, myself, and my husband, we did the audio for it, recorded it in our kitchen. It was fun. Wasn't it fun? Yeah, I loved it. yeah I've seen the animation it's great it's so lovely and it's all about um dancing and ballet and getting ready for the day and so you're saying the whole family got involved and did all the voices yeah we did didn't we yeah we spent um an evening just doing all the stuff that we needed to do and recording that's amazing you know some families in lockdown just stored toilet paper but you actually got out there and did something incredible this is brilliant uh so what happened next? I believe you kind of sent it off to Sky TV. Yes, we did. Um, so what happened was, you know, we shopped it through to different broadcasters and fortunately Sky picked it up. They said, you know, they loved it and they wanted to make a show of it. We're like, great. You know, this is fantastic. And then we thought, OK, so what story can we come up with? And we thought, you know what? The best story is a genesis of Anna's story, which was, you know, her trying to find a book, um, writing about herself. And we wanted the world to see her story and it came to light. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, Elisa, it must be so cool to see your family on TV, in a way. Yeah, I was happy to see representation on screen and I think it's fantastic to be on screen. And do you have a cat similar to the cat in the film that is quite uh, chatty? <laughs> yeah, no, he's very chatty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Smokey the Cat. So, Smokey yeah, the, Smokey cat. the Cat does feature. <laughs> this is wicked. And uh, it must have been amazing to see a project go from quite quite an annoying and difficult beginning of like the reason you had to make it, you know, to getting bigger and bigger and bigger 
Am I thinking we're going to see a feature film next? Oh, we hope so. <laughs> um, it's very early doors, yeah. Very, very early doors. Currently, like it's a, um, a special on Sky, which came out during um, World Book Week. You know, we've had a lot of people giving us good feedback about it. People saying they love it, they want to see more. So hopefully there'll be more, you know, more people to see. It's such a cool project. Uh, before I let you guys go, uh, I'm going to ask each of you, what is one thing we need to look out for in the TV show? Something that people maybe won't be able to see the first time round or won't notice? Or your favourite bit of the show that you've made? Uh, Cynthia, you can go first. Okay, the favourite bit of the show for me is, um, you know, the showing of the, the jollof rice, traditional food that we all eat, sitting around the table. I think that's a favourite bit part for me. Lovely stuff. How about you, Elise? Yeah. My favourite part of the show is when we all went to Bristol to see everyone just in their positions and it was so fun. It was an experience I never thought I'd have. Oh, I can well imagine. I can I can bet that was brilliant. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Um, and tell us, it's Sky TV. We can find it on still, right? Yeah, Sky Kids um, 609 or Now TV. Um, it's on demand, still currently on demand. So yeah, tune in, enjoy. And I'm definitely 100% knowing that everyone will enjoy it. Big thank you to Cynthia and Elise there. Uh, now, last but not least, Ross Montgomery has left us a little voice note of his brand new book, Spellstone. Yes, he's done a special reading for us. It's all about 12-year-old Evie who meets a mysterious magician and suddenly her life is never the same again. Hello, I'm Ross Montgomery, author of The Midnight Guardians and The Chime Seekers. And today I'm going to be talking to you about my latest book, Spellstone, which is out on May the 4th. Uh, it's a story of hidden magic. And um, what I'm going to do first of all is read you an extract from the very first chapter. This is the introduction to Spellstone. It was raining inside the theatre. It came down in sheets, streaming from the chandeliers and turning the aisles into carpeted rivers. There was so much rain that it had nowhere to go. Gathering in the balconies, flooding the orchestra pit. Sodden paper programmes floated on the surface like leaves as they were swept past the rows of spectators. The audience didn't move. They sat in stock silence as the rain came down in torrents around them. The champagne in their glasses slowly filled and then overflowed, soaking into their suits and ball gowns, but no one seemed to mind. No one even seemed to notice. They were all fast asleep. It was true. Every single member of the audience was slumped in their chair, sleeping like a baby. One man had leaned so far forward that his monocle floated in a champagne glass. The woman beside him had leaned so far back that her open mouth had filled with rainwater. Beneath the downpour, you could just make out the steady rise and fall of a thousand sleeping breathers. Wainwright stood at the back of the theatre, gazing around himself in amazement. He had been inside many dreams before, but never one that was quite like this. He was so entranced he almost forgot why he was there in the first place. He found the others quickly. They were squabbling in the front row. Soaked, absolutely soaked. He said he'd be quick. I don't understand why we had to do this here. Next time I choose why we're meeting. Wainwright strode down the aisle to join them, his footsteps squilching into the sodden carpet. He didn't bother with an umbrella. He'd been in enough rainstorms in his life to know when it was pointless to try and stay dry. Besides, his boots had so many holes in them they were already absorbing every puddle he stepped in. His overcoat was covered in patches too. He looked like a man who'd lived on the streets his whole life, which was precisely the point when you dress like a pauper. No one ever suspects you of being a magician. He found the others huddled under their umbrellas. There were four in total. The first was a man of no more than twenty. 
gangly, pale, clean-shaven, shivering beneath a cheap three-piece suit. Next to him sat an old woman, dark-skinned and elegantly dressed, brushing raindrops from the hem of her skirts with a tut. Beside her sat a young boy, wide-eyed and baby-faced beneath an each side parting, his hands patiently folded in his lap. Last of all was very wet and very angry, black cat. One of her eyes was yellow, the other eye was blue. Both were fixed on Wainwright with absolute fury. You're late, snapped the cat. Sorry, I got distracted, said Wainwright. He nodded to the rain-swept theatre around them. It's quite something, isn't it? And all thanks to Rish. He nodded to the young boy. Can you believe it? He's only ten years old. He already has enough magic inside him to bring all five of us into a dream. Why, when I was his age... Get to the point, hissed the cat. The old lady smiled diplomatically. Lady Eleonora is right. I don't see why you insisted on meeting us inside a dream, Wainwright. I am a busy woman. I have things to do. The pale man sniffed. I think I'm getting a cold. We should probably hurry up, sir, said Rish politely. The dreamer could wake up at any moment. We might not be able to stay here for much longer. Wainwright sighed. They always took amazing things for granted. That extract introduces you to the members of the Order of the Stone, a secret society of magicians that have been operating hidden in society and fighting a battle between good and evil for thousands of years. They're about to recruit their newest member, Evie, a perfectly ordinary young girl who doesn't realise that she has hidden magical powers that are going to end up being the secret weapon that is going to end this magical war once and for all. The baddie of this story, an evil sorcerer named Vale, is trying to get his hands on the Spellstone, an incredibly powerful magical weapon, before the Order of the Stone managed to get it themselves. It's a race against time to try and save the world, and only Evie will be able to stop it. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Oh my goodness, I love Ross Montgomery. Thank you very much to him. Uh, now, before we go, we've got to recommend some brilliant books out this month. There's loads of good stuff out there, but two of my favourites include A.F. Stedman's brand new book. Now, she's got the second book in her Skandar series. This is called Skandar and the Phantom Rider. You might remember the first book was all about the unicorn thief. Well, this one travels further into the world of unicorns it's got some magnificent creatures and i've got to say i am so excited about this book i can't wait to read it there's also a brand new book from nadine aisha jasset her story is called the stories grandma forgot and how i found them it's a tale about memory loss and learning from the generations that came before you because in the book nyla has to delve into her family history to understand who she is and that proves to be no easy task so there we go. Lots of brilliant books around at the moment for you. And that's pretty much it from me. Thank you so much to Katie Piper, to Cynthia and Elise, and to Ross Montgomery as well. I'll be back super soon with more bookworms. Bye.